Yes, good low. Hello, and welcome to Demystifying Detection Dogs with MD Dogs. I'm the founder of MD Dogs, Libby Rockaway, and I'm here with my co-host, Maggie Kudla, owner of Sit Stay Lex. Hi, I'm excited to get started and discuss all things diabetic alert dogs. Grab a drink, because we can talk about dogs for hours, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're going to go over information about public access with your dog. When to start, when to maybe modify things, what to expect from your dog during certain situations of public access. So I guess we'll jump in, and Libby, when do you think a person should start public access with their dog? Oh, man, that is a big question. (laughs) And I would say, well, I would start with my opinion has changed drastically. Um, So like many young trainers who are just getting started, like with service dogs, I wanted to get out and about with my first couple diabetic alert dogs as early as possible. Um, So I had them out at, I think, like... 12 weeks or something um in certain locations and uh was like working on obedience and things and the dogs turned out fine however i do not do that anymore (laughs) at all (laughs) yeah i feel like being in college helps yes exactly well maybe help is helps isn't the right term but (laughs) it makes it more you know like you know puppy coming into class that just was going to sleep like it's Mm -hmm. not as big of a deal as going yeah out now that you're an adult and have a job and exactly yeah um so like with b for example i've maybe taken her out a handful of times to be honest like maybe seven or eight times um some of those to you know pet friendly places some of them to nope i think actually one to a non-pet friendly place um but like she's eight months old um and so she has not at all had the same experience as my first couple dogs Um, and that's because I really have scaled back on how early I start public access because I don't think it's that beneficial to start early. Um, I think you can do a lot more harm than good and you're not going to ruin a dog if you don't get them into Kroger, right? Like into a grocery store early on, like you can do so much with them in pet friendly environments (laughs) because a dog doesn't know if the sign says that no dogs are allowed. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't really know the difference. Yeah. Socializing is, is mainly, so especially it's mainly just socializing your mm-hmm. dog. Like it's not like you socialize them in a way as a trainer. You felt like you had more ability of keeping them, quote unquote, as puppy professional as you could. Yeah. Um, and they were well behaved and everything. But I feel like as a person that's self-training, socialization is way more important. Going to totally. Lowe's and doing all that uh, mm-hmm. pet friendly locations is just as impactful and you don't have to worry about your dog making mistakes at a place where dogs are not allowed you know where you don't want to make the world upset about Mm -hmm. your ill-behaved dog you know pottying and a grocery store um i mean i think that's a huge thing is it's really almost less about the dog training side of it and more about the public perception it's really a lot less about um the dog training side of it and a lot more about the public perception because with a service dog in training you're having to represent all of service dogs really and that's a high bar (laughs) (laughs) we worked so hard on getting these microphones to pick things up and so my shirt just fresh by <laughs> we're, not, we're not professional we're podcasters. not professional. No. um yes yeah, so public perception is very important um and i definitely made a mistake with i mean i trained pickles what like five years ago and he was my first service dog mm-hmm. and he 100 percent potties at a target he picked a target <laughs> and the ladies were really nice and she came up to she was like it's okay um a kid took off his diaper and pooped and like pooped literally right near where your oh, dog just goodness. and the lady didn't clean it up and I was like cleaning up pickles, oh my like goodness. body. And pickles was very young, and I was like, "Lesson learned." Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't my bad. Yeah, I shouldn't have taken a you know seventeen week old puppy to a place where I should have gone. <clears throat> yeah, that was a lesson. Uh, yeah. Where I was like, <laughs> exactly. "Okay, we all." Learned. Apparently, he's not quite. Even though he's potty trained in my house mm-hmm. and was a perfect boy there, mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, that was a mistake." Yeah. I did feel better after she told me that. She was very, very nice. <laughs> make she was better. like, "I would much rather have a dog do it than a kid." <laughs> like, oh. okay. 
Oh man, um, they don't so, get paid enough. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I think that and that was really embarrassing because I'm like, yeah. I don't want like I don't want like to ruin mm-hmm. do stuff for service dogs. Like that is like if an yeah. employee came out and was angry at me, like rightfully so, um, that could have been really bad for you know the local target. And then yeah. service dogs coming in, and then maybe it doesn't look like the perfect breed, you know, mm-hmm. um, of a service dog. Um, so yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, moral, yeah. Moral story is you know. <laughs> Go to Lowe's. Exactly. <laughs> no one cares if a dog potty is in Lowe's. <laughs> yeah. Go to public, um, pet-friendly places. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be what we refer to as public access, which means non-pet-friendly places. That's yes. kind of, I guess we should have probably distinguished between those at the start. But public access is where you're putting a vest on your dog that says service dog in training, and you're going somewhere that they aren't typically going to be allowed um, as pet dogs. Um so, yeah, a lot of it is about, you know, when is your dog ready to represent service dogs in training? And just because it says in training doesn't mean it's a, like a pass to act however. Um, in fact, it just kind of means that they need to be acting more like a service dog than like a pet. Um, they're allowed to make mistakes here and there, but we just want to make sure that we're kind of representing service dogs as a whole well. We don't, you know, we're not letting our dogs wander all over and explore and climb on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we reserve that for Lowe's and Home Depot and those pet-friendly places near you. Um, but there's tons of places you can go where it's, it is pet-friendly. So just today I took two of my dogs to TJ Maxx yeah, near great. me, mm-hmm. and it's perfect. The dog has no idea that it's pet-friendly versus not pet-friendly. Um, inside is identical to anything else, really. Um, there's even food on the shelves and things like, you know, prepackaged items. So that's plenty of leave-it practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's plenty distracting for them and represents a normal store that doesn't allow dogs uh, quite well. But I don't have the stress of making sure they act like a service dog in training. Yeah. You know, they weren't particularly well behaved. B jumped up on shelves and mm-hmm. was offering behaviors left and right. <laughs> and and that's fine. And that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's the main goal is going out with your dog in the beginning is just to build their confidence and for them to have fun and sometimes fun isn't professional Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. that's a big thing like whenever i'm going out with a dog that i'm wanting to socialize and build a confidence like i'm acting goofy with them like we're we're tossing treats we're doing like things Uh like that we're having fun we're doing spins and tricks that they know um and so it's but i you know i don't do that if my dog is vested in a Kroger Mm -hmm. or a publix or a walmart or anything like that um and so I think it's important to recognize you don't need to rush to public access. Yeah. Like it's, it, you can do all the same things where you can still build your conf- dog's confidence and they have fun. Mm-hmm. And they, so they learn to love going out in public <laughs> versus it being a stressful thing where they yeah. be very serious. Cause I think that's something that I did with pickles um, where he got sm- a little bit of vest aversion mm. where I was taking him so many places at a young yeah. age where actually I think it actually was good. I tore my ACL. While training him, and it actually made me scale back a lot, and he came back into public access so much happier. <sighs> like, he was like, oh, like, this is fun now. Like, because yeah. I just played with him, we had fun, mm-hmm. and because I couldn't walk and stuff <laughs> without crutches for a while. Um, but it was actually yeah. good, because I realized, like, I was a dog trainer. I was trying to do everything fast and furious mm-hmm. and, like, do all the things, but it was better for me yeah. to just, like, go have, go have fun. Make sure mm-hmm. your dog's having fun, doing obedience, practicing yeah. those skills of, you know, engagement with you you know, doing tricks and obedience and stuff, but without the pressure of mm-hmm. the public watching you yeah. while your dog's at a restaurant, you yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it always comes from a really good spot, right? You know, everybody's excited because they're working on this big venture to train a diabetic alert dog. Like, that's a big deal. Um, and it's a big task. And I think everyone's excited to see how their puppy's doing and try and see into the future of like, oh man, this is what it's going to be like when it's fully trained. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of us want to go take our dogs in public with a vest on. So it's not that it's coming from a bad place. It's coming from a great place, but a very frequent saying in the service dog world is slow is fast. Yeah. So the slower you take it, actually the faster they'll progress because if you go too fast at the start, especially if you're dealing with a puppy, you're at a pretty high risk of them having that aversion to it could be their vest or it could be just to working in general. I've seen lots of dogs start to shut down um, because they just had too much when they were puppies mm-hmm. and it became a chore. Yep. You know, it's like giving a full-time job to a five-year-old. Yep. It's like, well, they're, they're not quite emotionally, mentally ready for that. Yep. Yeah. Um, you have to let them 
develop a little bit more and just grow into that into that role but you can set them up for that Mm -hmm. um by yeah the being fun and goofy and having a blast and building good behaviors and having low stress outings in pet friendly environments Mm -hmm. um because public access is stressful for everybody um yeah just because you're trying to maintain a professional kind of perspective and um appearance to everybody yeah but puppies really just need you to be fun and goofy yeah <laughs> yeah you want to make it fun for them especially when they're younger and um building relationships with them and stuff mm-hmm. like that not putting them under too much pressure that they can't handle um there's a time where you can start putting pressure on them to yeah. see how they handle it but in the beginning it's yeah. just it's supposed to be fun and just you know get him out see the world and from a pet mm-hmm. friendly place yeah along those lines when do you think it's time to put that pressure on them you know to start asking more of them where where do you kind of draw that draw that line um i'd like to see the dog having um first of all basic obedience and yeah. be able to perform all uh, at least general uh, obedience um like you know your sits your downs yeah. healing and actually having we're yeah. I want a dog before I take them in public access that I can do a heal with them. I'm not having to constantly give them treats in order to keep mm-hmm. them in position. Yeah. Outside of like once you're in public access, like in the beginning, I'll be really heavy with my reinforcement. But I want my dog to be able to heal with me on a walk for at least a few minutes with mm-hmm. minimal treats, yeah. uh, like a, a reinforcement for being there. Like you know, you're still giving it to them because I think dogs need to be rewarded for the behaviors they're offering. Um. But that means that they really know the behavior and they yeah. can be confident in their role of mm-hmm. being near me and hanging out with me. Um, and then adding the pressure of, oh, we're going to go into a place with, you know, slidey doors. I know yeah. you're not going to d- go and sniff the food in the, mm-hmm. you know, the produce aisle or <clears throat> anything like that. Engagement. Um, they're not trying to go say hi to every person that they walk by. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big thing. That is big. Um, is not saying I want to be able, my dog to be able to walk past people and it's not like I can manage them past with like talking to them and being you know, like pay attention to me, look, you know, yeah. anything, anything to keep them with me. But if those are unable to be successful, then the dog is not ready for public access. Yeah. If your dog jumps on somebody in public access or goes up and greets them mm-hmm. without you being able to redirect them back immediately, um, I think it's just not, that's where I'm kind of at with it. I want my dog to be able to engage with me fluidly Mm -hmm. um before i hop into it and sometimes with puppies like actually with pickles like because i took him out to college classes and all that stuff like he actually really he ignored people easily because from a little puppy age he was like oh this is mom this is my world like Mm -hmm. you know i love her blah 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 so that kind of was a nice effect of taking the puppy out um but i still got you still get that at older age Mm -hmm. and i think obedience and engagement um having a decent grasp on that before going into a non-pet friendly store yeah yeah absolutely i think um md dogs we have a list of a couple behaviors of like sit and down and place for 30 seconds or stay for 10 seconds um and it's not a concrete list it's just kind of a suggested which aligns exactly with what you just said in terms of your dog needs to know the basics um once your dog knows sit that doesn't mean you're immediately ready for public access (laughs) no right they need a little bit more than that um, even if they're labeled as in training, they still need to be able to have that engagement and for you to also have those skills, like you're saying, to redirect them and to manage them and prevent them from looking poorly, mm-hmm. um, to the public because so much of it is management at that intro stage of public access. Um, it's not, you know, when I take a service dog and training puppy out, I could hand it to somebody else and they would that puppy would look completely different and like it has never been trained a day in its life if it was with somebody else. But when it's with me, I'm able to manage it and work on it and kind of redirect things because the dog is in training. That's kind of how I determine it of like they're in the middle of training and I'm able to keep them focused for that five minutes that we're going to go into a store and I'm going to have a high rate of reinforcement and we're going to go through sit and down and maybe touch and watch me and Mm -hmm. some positions. but if I were to hand that dog over to somebody brand new who doesn't know how to work with it, it probably would look very poor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the example of that is um, at your MD Dogs conference mm-hmm. where uh, you were handling Rooney. Yeah. And I, you brought, I think it was Birdie along. Yeah, and Birdie, Baby Bird. And Baby, it was Baby Birdie. And uh-huh. um, you were like, oh, yeah, you can take her out of the crate. 
Birdie, like, she would do the obedience, but couldn't <laughs> hold any of them for me for even, which I know she could do it with you. Yeah. She wouldn't hold any of the papers. She was wondering where you were most of the time. But actually, I was like, yeah. I was like, I couldn't keep her engaged with me well enough that I actually just put her back in the crate. Yeah. Because I was like, this isn't going to be, like, she's not having a good time. Like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> she's not, not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. But, um, like, she could technically do, she would do all the behaviors I asked, mm-hmm. but there was no duration on it. Yeah. And she was worried about everything more around her than mm-hmm. she was worried about me. And I was like, okay, yeah, we're just, this is not. Yeah, that's this where is, we're at. This is where we're at. And like, and that's, that's fine. Like, yeah, that's, that's I, an in-training dog. That's an in-training. Yeah, I don't even know how, she was really young. She was baby, yeah. baby bird. Um, but, um, but that was like a perfect example of like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, this dog is not, it's like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, no, I was like, Libby probably won't put Birdie away. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're at a place where it's not pet friendly. And yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, baby bird is, will be. <laughs> you know better served in the crate and yeah. libby can bring her. i think you brought her out later and then she was perfectly holding things for you and all yeah, that stuff because, and i was like fine yeah. <laughs> thanks birdie yeah, i know you exactly. don't love me but um but that yeah. was a you know having engagement and some duration on the yeah. behaviors um in a stressful situation um birdie didn't have that with me yeah um and so it wasn't just like okay yeah well she's mm-hmm. you know yeah. Public access was not for me and Birdie at that time. Yeah. <laughs> because you had never worked with I've her. Never, yeah. I've never, I've never, I've literally have yeah. like cuddled Birdie like once. Exactly. And she really just wanted me to throw a ball yeah. for her. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, I mean, I think kind of where we're going with that is your dog doesn't have to be perfect to be labeled as service dog in training. It's just that they have to have a good foundation and you have to have a good relationship with them so that you're able to act professionally in public when they're labeled as that. Yeah. Um, but kind of to go back to where we started of there's no reason to rush it i've never met a dog that i'm like wow you could have been a great service dog but you were just introduced to public access too late mm-hmm. like that's not a thing it's always they weren't socialized enough mm-hmm. or they weren't socialized young enough um but all of those things can occur in uh, pet friendly places um, yep none of them need to occur in public with a vest on mm-hmm. as fun as those are so it's kind of one of those things where if you're not sure, just hold off. Yeah. Wait a little bit. You know, wait a couple of weeks. Work on those things that you're like, ah, I don't know. They might try and eat those crumbs off the floor. <laughs> or they might try and greet people still if we take them out and about. Yeah. Great. Keep going to TJ Maxx or Home Goods or wherever your mm-hmm. local pet-friendly stores are and, and work on those things. Um, there's so many things you can do without having the stress for either of you of, yeah. of being in public. Yeah. So I think obedience, so all mm-hmm. that engagement, which I kind of, kind of, factor in yeah i guess if i had to categorize it engagement always becomes before obedience Mm -hmm. Um, but then like confidence of the dog in general so if they're shying at things or anything too Mm, like that's they're not even if they can technically do the obedience even though most of the time if a dog's not having confidence typically they're not Mm going to respond to obedience cues very well Mm -hmm. Um, but that's where you still keep them in a pet-friendly situation so are they startling at carts going by Mm -hmm. are they startling at the doors of the grocery yeah. store opening and closing. Like, you can still go to, you know, TJ Maxx and mm-hmm. get that same experience. So yeah. Nature Dog has confidence. Like, they're happy to be there. Like, you don't want yeah. to put your vest on a dog that's going to be – that's where mm-hmm. you get the vest aversion. That's where, a good point. Where if you're putting a vest on a dog and they're not having 100%, like, it's not fun, then they're just – they're going to stop liking their vest and they're going to stop yeah. liking working. Yeah. That confidence bit is so important because when you want to build that up, you want to – be goofy and encourage them to go check things out and climb on things and do things at their own pace with like no limitations to go build that confidence up. And you can't do that if you're in a Publix or a Walmart. That's not an appropriate place to have dogs climbing on shelves and kind of being a little bit chaotic. Um, But if they have, you know, some insecurity about something, that's really the best thing you can do is teach them it's all a game and they're, you know, they can go explore as much as they want. Um, so by having them have kind of insecurities and with a vest on in a public place where you're asking a lot of them, you're kind of building up almost trigger stacking, really, Mm -hmm. um, all these things where it's developing a dog that actually is having a negative experience in public, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't really seem that big at the time. Yeah. If it happens more than a couple of times, then pretty soon you have a dog who doesn't enjoy working, doesn't enjoy their vest, has their tail down, Mm -hmm. is a little bit slow to respond to cues. Um, and it all could have been fixed by just, you know, going somewhere pet friendly and letting them be slightly chaotic and brave yeah. <laughs> and learning how much fun it is. Right. Yeah. You can, you know, have fun with them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is uh, it's such a balance of like, <sighs> yeah. and you know, we were saying having fun, but it's also, you know, 
I think of I think of the fun that I'm envisioning is I'm having fun engaging with my dog. Yes, like I'm. It That's is. A good point. It's it's specifically like I am playing with my dog mm-hmm. the entire time. I'm yeah. not having other people necessarily play with my dog. Yeah. I'm having just. It is me literally having an on leash play fun experience <laughs> yeah. with my dog while I'm at Lowe's or yeah. at TJ Maxx. Like it's all about me and the dog, and the dog's interested in having fun with me. Mm-hmm. Um. I just try to make it as fun as possible for him. Yeah. Instead of it being like, there's, you know, I guess to an extent, I, you know, I guess like if you're first time going out to Lowe's, like if they're not, you know, they're straining at the end of the leash, it's not terrible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fine, especially mm-hmm. if they're young. Um, yeah. I like to see probably um, if they're in that night socialization time frame where it's like, and we're going down a socialization road. Yeah, I know. A little bit <laughs> That's another it. podcast. That's another <laughs> podcast. But um, once your dog is getting to the point where you're kind of questioning between public access versus pup, you know, pet friendly stores, mm-hmm. uh, these are things to look at versus yeah. the socialization part. You know, part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No obedience, confidence, and yeah. um, engagement. engagement are yeah. the top things. Um, yeah. And then. Yeah, and honestly, I would say obedience is almost the possibly the bottom of it yeah yeah you know engagement and confidence are the first two yeah and then obedience you know your dog needs to be obedient but you can be managing them yeah manage them with lots of treats and high rate of reinforcement manage them by you know if they know a couple cues you just kind of give those cues repeatedly and you leave after three minutes yeah um but i would much rather have a dog go in that only you know can walk nicely while they're getting a high rate of reinforcement and knows like sit and down yeah than a dog that's shying away from things yeah. but knows a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If a dog yeah, if a dog can like engage with you for three minutes straight. Yeah. And doesn't know sit or down. Okay, I'm not technically you know, <laughs> I know this is on the record, but off the record, it's I'm I feel like that dog, if they can engage with you and just yeah. walk with you mm-hmm. and a, a relative heel, um, and they can engage yeah. with you and not people or food or stuff like that, then your dog's probably fine. Yeah. But that if your dog if you have that then you already have the obedience yeah. as well that's, so that's kind of like usually a, how, it works. That's how it works yeah um yeah yeah i think that kind of leads us into a good next question that we could go into which is what does that first you know our first couple public access sessions what do those look like you know so like maggie when you take a brand new puppy into public what do you do like <laughs> i keep it super short mm-hmm. um no more than so a training session with a dog typically I keep it really short. So it's like three to five minutes, maybe eight minutes max. Um, going into a, a Kroger for the, so typically, I typically go to a place where they get to move the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I tried where I actually don't go in just like settling isn't the first thing that I do um, going into public anymore. I did that with pickles a lot, but I find like going and they get to walk and we heal and we engage the whole time because I'd rather have engagement be the forefront of their public access and making sure that they can do that. So I typically go to a grocery store. I go to Walmart or Target, um, and we just walk around for two to three minutes. And mm-hmm. they get lots of cookies for engaging with me. I'll see if they, you know, we can do some obedience sit down, mm-hmm. um, nice fun obedience cues that I, you know, know they're going to be successful at. Yeah. Um, and that's basically it. I don't buy anything typically. <laughs> um, I typically yeah. just like this is a, this is a training outing where I'm just going to give my first little like, kind of like check off that we, the dog was able to engage didn't do anything you know unprofessional um and then that's my first one just a few yeah. minutes we heal we get cookies we do some obedience it's fun they have their vest mm-hmm. on all that stuff and i keep yeah. it pretty pretty simple but high rate of reinforcement we have the hot dog we have the cheese yeah um but i typically my first one is movement based and engagement based mm-hmm. where they get to move and they get lots of cookies yeah yeah that's exactly what i usually do and um I also can sometimes, um, I understand this is a weakness, um, I get caught up with, you know, how good the dog is doing, and oh wow, I'm so proud, and look at that, and let's keep going, mm-hmm. so I actually will set a timer yeah. for like, as soon as we walk into the door, in the door, three minutes, yeah. and then my phone will start buzzing, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I'm actually going to leave after three minutes. Yeah. It doesn't matter how fantastic they're doing, because it is so easy for me to get caught up in you're doing great let's just do like one more down and back yeah or one more behavior yeah um and i need that kind of external <laughs> reminder reminder yeah to say hey yeah. your session's over leave and if your dog's doing amazing 
then great. That's Your great. dog did amazing for yeah, three yeah. minutes. Yeah. Tomorrow do four. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I uh, targets. Um, the stores are like the perfect size where basically one loop on the outskirts mm. is you mm-hmm. can maybe do like one and a half, you know, or something. Yeah. But I typically find that that's takes me like, yeah, three or four yeah. minutes. And I find it also depends on the dog. Yeah. Um, so when I have the dogs who are a little bit older, so one's more like Chip, where he's pretty much an adult at this point. Yeah. Um, he has no manners yet, so he's not doing <laughs> public access. But whenever he does, I would probably do a loop around. If I have a baby puppy, um, yeah, you know, that's puppy. five months old or something, I'll go in, I'll go to the first aisle that nobody's in. I will do like five or six behaviors. Mm-hmm. Sit down, touch, watch me, spin, turn, you know. Yeah do these little things and then i'll say that was wonderful let's go back to the car yeah and that's it like i find the closest aisle without anybody and i leave yeah that's um, important to think about the the age of the dog as well yeah. like a five month old that you're like oh yeah it's doing it's doing well with its engagement and stuff mm-hmm. like that its obedience is going well like mm-hmm. we're, gonna tr- we're gonna try a public access test or not test um an outing yeah um yeah that, that keeping it super short super short, super short. Mm-hmm. yeah no, I, yeah 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 definitely and I do think it is one thing, you know, that to keep in mind that if you have one outing that you're like, ooh, wow, I did too much, you haven't broken the dog. The no- dog's not going to break. I took B out on one public access trip. I don't know what I was thinking. I had things to get. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get these three items. So, like, we're going to do it. Yeah, it, it didn't go great. It didn't go great. <laughs> I mean, she was fine. She didn't go to the bathroom in the store. She wasn't, like, greeting people. Mm-hmm. But she was just not as engaged as I would like. Yeah. Um, And I was like, Shoot, this is not going great, but, like, I just have one more thing to get. Just one more th- right. <laughs> and that's, like, just the humanity of it, of yeah. I really needed butter for this yeah, thing I was making. Dog. I'm like, yeah. you can make it to the butter aisle. And she did, and it was fine, but it was not productive. Yeah. And so I haven't yeah. taken her back since. So yeah. So I'm like, I, we should do more TJ Maxx's first. Yeah, and you'll, you, know, you won't break the dog by it not being perfect yeah. one, you know, one time. It was um, an eight-minute trip that should have been a three-minute trip where I didn't buy anything. Yeah. It's like, that was my bad. Yeah. No, I think with uh, Scout, it was probably, like, my second time. Like, you took her and did some public access with her um, whenever you had her for those few months. And mm-hmm. then I took her. And I think the second time I took her out was I, went, I was out of coffee. I woke up at, like, 5 in the morning. And I was like, you know what? No one's going to be there. <laughs> no true. one's going to be there. Yeah. I'm, I have to get one item. I was, like, I was also breaking my rule of, like, yeah. buying things. Uh-huh. But it was, like, her engagement. Like, she was very easy to manage. She had a nice heel and all yeah. that stuff. Like, she was older. Um, but I was like, we're going to go get something. And she, she did fine. But I could yeah. tell as soon as actually I had something in my hands, her heel was not as pretty. Like mm-hmm. it was fine. Yeah. Like she still like was there and you know, she yeah. didn't do anything. Fine. Bad. But I was but. like, but as soon as I had my attention set on this coffee container, I was holding, mm-hmm. it was like, just not as. Yep. Scott was like, well, it's not a game with me anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm um, not the center of the I'm world. I'm not the center of the world. Um, which is fine. Cause she was, she was very young or very young. I don't even know how old was she when you got her. Uh, she was yeah six months? or seven months when we so got she was her. probably eight maybe months yeah. whenever i did that with her um and she did fine yeah um but i also did break my rule and i was like oh well you yeah know, what are you what are you gonna do exactly it doesn't um, break them and she didn't but... do anything bad her engagement her heel just wasn't as beautiful you know yes exactly um, so, you know. it's like we want to build good habits and good yeah. behaviors and the more times we do it well as trainers the more times our dogs are doing it mm-hmm. and the stronger those habits are yeah um so as trainers you know we're like okay yeah probably shouldn't have done that oh well we'll yeah. go compensate and do a couple of really good trips <laughs> yeah exactly. to make up for this yeah i think i think the main thing is that if your dog can't engage with you on a high intense level for three mm-hmm. minutes out in like a walk or something or yeah. in a pet friendly store like you can have it where like almost you mimic like i want this dog to be beautifully healing mm-hmm. like getting to that point of that they yeah. can do it for three minutes at tj maxx you know mm-hmm. then you can try a curve yeah i think that's where i'm at like can my dog look at me basically for almost three minutes yep like even though service dogs don't need that level of attention at the end of the day mm-hmm. but in the beginning you want to have yeah. that as like an overreaching step mm-hmm. as a service dog in training yeah like you know like whenever a dog is getting close to graduation they, i want them to plod nicely next to me and they don't have to stare at me very much or anything like that but in the beginning i want them to be like looking at me with mm-hmm. laser eyes and focusing hyper focused <laughs> um yeah. so if your dog can't do that three minutes mm-hmm. whenever you are you know at a pet friendly store that means they're not gonna be able to do it yeah at a, exactly yeah and if you really want to make it a safe bet kind of require twice as good of behavior in a pet friendly store as you want in a non-pet friendly store yeah so if you want your puppy to be able to you know focus on you for a three-minute public access test and you or trip and you want to be super sure they're going to do great then require them to focus for six minutes in hobby lobby or wherever Mm -hmm. um and then you know that when you go into public 
even if they're not on their best behavior, they're still pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I think is actually really helpful is exactly what you were saying of expect, you know, the behavior that's in a pet friendly store um, in terms of, okay, just mimic a public access outing. So mm -hmm. put the vest on the dog, put yeah. a little service dog and training vest on your puppy and yeah. go to a pet friendly store and just say, okay, we're going to practice for when we go into a non-pet friendly store. Mm -hmm. We're going to walk in, we're going to do a couple behaviors, we're going to do a loop around the store in your vest, nobody's allowed to pet you. Mm -hmm. Let's evaluate. Where are you at? Are you trying to greet people? Yeah. Are you sniffing things on the shelf? Mm -hmm. Or are you completely focused on me as long as I have like lots of treats? Yeah. And if it's behavior that you think is representative of what a service dog in training should look like mm -hmm. and is professional and you know, representing um, service dogs well, then great. Mm -hmm. Then you're probably ready. Yep. Um, and you can try it out. And if it doesn't go well, then just leave. Mm -hmm. um, just don't try and buy things the first trip. You don't like some things. of us do. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> that was my bad. Yeah. It's but... just, it's us having overconfidence in ourselves exactly. <laughs> and our abilities. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a dog's a dog at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it takes time. Um, yeah. Okay. So we went over where to go. What do you do? Um, I guess another what do you do is I'll sprinkle in... I guess settling at a pet friendly place. Mm -hmm. So there are some coffee shops around our area that um, don't serve food or whatever, and they let pets in. Um, mm -hmm. And so all typically, I have a coffee shop close by, and they're they're always like, they probably think I'm insane. I just bring in like <laughs> different dogs. Like I'll have a lab one day, I'll have a Springer Spaniel one day, I'll have my Australian Shepherd, <sighs> who's my sport dog, one day, um, just to get her out and you know yeah. expose her. But they're probably think I'm insane. Um, but then I'll do some settling stuff mm -hmm. once they're getting to the point where like, oh, yeah, they're confident and they can handle um, a short duration of healing. Um, they have that settling in my house on leash, yeah. you know, being able to go and have a combination of just like a leash tethered settle, mm -hmm. but then also a place um, having them go and be able to lay down for, you know, maybe I try to go like maybe, I don't know, like I change this a lot, but I'd say <laughs> being for them to be able to, I go, I volley back and forth and you can on we just go and we settle for a little bit mm -hmm. or we go and we basically wait for them to settle down and then we leave yeah so like waiting for them to decide when we leave mm -hmm. versus just having a time limit we go in for you know i'll have them down i'll put a little map down for them and we sit there and you know i drink my coffee and then i leave and that's maybe like max 10 minutes mm -hmm. um i go back and forth i don't know which one's the perfect yeah. answer it's uh, probably dog dependent too i think a lot of it is dog dependent because i usually try and go like okay we kind of go short and sweet Mm -hmm. not make it too overwhelming um but then when i have dogs like our lovely scout <laughs> and our lovely rooney mm -hmm. who are a little bit more anxious in yes. terms of they're very aware of their environment yeah um then i had started with like short and sweet but it just led to them being very aware of their environment of like yeah oh okay we go do this like downstay for 10 minutes i got it i can do that i can do that I can and there's alert the whole time and they're alert i'm like yeah. just relax take a nap and i think like and i and I'll, I'll give them credit like you're saying they have a, a i mean i guess anxiety isn't the quite the right term i'd yeah. use for them okay. it's just they're very they're very aware of their surroundings which i guess could is a form of anxiety yeah. but i'm not they're not like whining or pacing no. you yeah. know while they're doing certain activities yeah. you know They're so it's on a service dog scale yes. more anxious but on like a normal pet dog scale they are not anxious dogs no yeah yeah it's They're just fine. you know we've had mac the lab who doesn't even know what anxiety is because he's so chill right. all the time um he's a bro yeah exactly he's, a frat, bro. he's yeah. a frat bro um and then we have you know scout and rooney who are just more aware of their environment and like hey is there like should i be doing something is there something else mm -hmm. i could do am i involved could right. i be involved just wanting to people watch well, yeah they just, do a lot of people watch yeah like scout would hold a beautiful she would stay there and not move an inch like mm -hmm. people could talk to her not move an inch but she's just watching everything yeah and i didn't hey i, didn't, I don't know why i don't love it but i just yeah. i want to see like can you just fall asleep please exactly and they and she eventually did but yeah. you know but and they yeah. eventually do yeah. but i think for those dogs i tend to do more of hey we're gonna sit at this coffee shop for three hours or until you fall asleep yeah one of the two um and yeah. you know at three hours usually i have a life that i have to get back to so yes. i kind of have to call it <laughs> how many times did rooney beat you <laughs> exactly rooney beat me a lot of times so i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah but um i think it's one of those things where it does depend on the dog 
and um, who they are and what they need. So I guess there's... age I would maybe factor in. If yeah. you're doing a, if you're trying to do this with like a five month old that's like doing well, like has the obedience mm-hmm. and has the engagement and stuff, and you're wanting to spice that in, I'd maybe go for a shorter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Versus an older dog mm-hmm. where Scout and Rooney were both older. Um, yeah. That's true. They I all think... had kind of their own habits too mm-hmm. that we had to work on. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that's where I'll, uh, that's where yeah. I'll, that, yeah, that sounds, that's not good. definitely not, I think about the history that that's what I do mm-hmm. with the puppies. It's shorter, yep. um, younger dogs, you know, under six months, you know, is a shorter experience, maybe even under seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But especially those dogs with, um, who are older and just getting into it and also have backgrounds that you're not as sure of. Mm-hmm. I think it can help to kind of go longer duration because they're older, they can handle more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the obedience in them, right? Like, they yeah. knew the downstay. It was just yeah. a matter of, like, relaxing. <laughs> Taking a chill pill. Taking and, a chill pill. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I do think that the settling is a big, important one. Mm. One other thing I um, wanted to call out, so you mentioned settling in the house is really good to do beforehand. I would, like, emphasize that a whole bunch. Like, settling every day. <laughs> every, yeah, every day, just working on puppies settling next to you yeah. while you work while you eat dinner while you eat breakfast watch tv watch tv just have the dog on it can be on a tether it doesn't have to be naturally settling no. um put it on a three or four foot leash on you know tied to the couch next to you mm-hmm. and just teach them that this is what you do you go on this mat you have your toys you do what you want but eventually by that pattern they'll mm-hmm. learn to just fall asleep and settle naturally yeah and then you can take the mat that you've been using in your home environment and take it out in public and mm-hmm. the dog has this psychological response to it it's essentially been trained mm-hmm. just through pattern of behavior yeah to settle on it yeah. and and you're setting them up for success a lot more than um and you're able to do that especially if you start with puppies mm-hmm. when they're babies and they're bound to fall asleep yeah they're gonna fall asleep <laughs> very soon um i found that's actually a biggest thing with clients is not wanting to tether their dogs mm. um i feel like and granted a lot of my you know 80 percent of my clientele are just pet owners with puppies mm-hmm. and they're not looking for service dog work but they're puppies being a little menace <laughs> i was like yeah it'll learn to settle you know if you do this yeah. if you pat if this behavior is like a pattern like every time you sit down to watch tv or every time you sit to do dinner if you tether your dog it becomes a routine yeah and then your dog your puppy's not going to be going off and doing mischief after mm-hmm. if you do this for you know three or four months like you're going to have a dog that will beautifully settle um um, and I think that's uh, dogs learn through repetition and that means good. They learn good things through repetition. They also learn bad things through repetition. <laughs> um, so things that we don't want. So if we keep letting them, you know, wander and chew on things and not settle whenever we're sitting down. Um, I think that's the, I go with like, if I'm sitting, I want my service dog and training to be settling. Yeah. If I'm sitting like they're doing that typically, mm-hmm. um, in some fashion, whether it's they're in a crate or they're next to me, um, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's kind of like I want. I want almost to trigger like as I sit, like they learn that like oh we're settling now, like mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Um, and so I tether yeah. them or step on a leash or something, and they have to come with me. Yeah, that's a it's a really really good tool, and it translates so easily to public spaces. Yeah. So if your dog can settle pretty quickly in the home for a while, and for like I know by a while I mean like for like a month straight your dog yeah. doesn't fight and whine and all that stuff um then i think trying out at a coffee shop where you can you know take them and see how it goes yeah yeah and those pet friendly places are great places to start yeah because if your dog whines a little bit or something and like they have to have like this you know a little bit of like oh i don't want to i don't want to lay down you know mm-hmm. you give them give them a kong bring a kong with peanut yeah. butter give them something to chew on give them something to like put their any of their little frustration into yeah. um i think that's fine um to do that um obviously there'll be a moment where, where, where would be your breaking point of like okay your puppy's not like settling super well maybe they're whining a little bit like how long would you let your puppy like you know be a little bit like annoyed like they're not scared mm-hmm. or like you know or anything like that but they're just kind of like a little annoyed that they have to yeah. be tethered or you're sitting still um and in like a public in space. public space yeah yeah uh, yeah because at home it's you know yeah and home they'll figure it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> um in a public space, I mean, if I'm in a pet-friendly place, it'll be, you know, I don't want to be disruptive to people oh, next yeah, yeah. to me. Um, but there comes a point where it's like, okay, we probably should do more of this at home because yeah. we're not quite ready. I mean, very rarely would I see a dog that settled beautifully immediately at home and then we take it out in public 
and it's more than like five minutes of yeah, kind of walking. I think five minutes is kind of where I, I guess I've never taken a puppy out where they've had, they've like pushed it far. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, trying to give clients like a stopper. Like mm-hmm. if your puppy's not, it is like, they're still like frustrated after five minutes. Like yeah. your puppy, like even maybe three, I don't know. Yeah. Like then, I would say five minutes of like yeah. you kind of ignoring them. Yeah. 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 So that is one thing with settling is we don't want to be constantly rewarding them in this scenario Mm -mm. because then you're teaching an active behavior yeah then you're teaching basically downstay on a mat and Mm -hmm. not a settle yeah and so the there's Mm -hmm. a big difference between those in mentally what the dog is thinking because in a downstay they're saying hey i'm down i'm down i'm down where's my cookie (laughs) where's my cookie Mm -hmm. i'm in a down i'm still in a down Mm -hmm. and you have that really alert behavior um kind of like we were talking about with scout and rooney Mm -hmm. it's more of what they were just like really really good at long downstays yeah um Mm -hmm. but what we want from a service dog is a settle where they flip the hip over and you know they're not in that sphinx down anymore and they're comfortable just existing Mm -hmm. being there and they're like okay and ideally they even put their head down yeah um, they don't have to put their head down within five minutes, you know, of a, in a, being in a brand new oh, spot. Yeah, yeah. We just, you know, within five minutes, we don't want them pulling at the end of their leash, getting tangled in your chair mm-hmm. and kind of jumping up and be like, hey, you know, is there another stack involved? What could I do? Could I chew on this? Um, it's something where we you know, want to see within five minutes that they're able to truly settle down. And that can even be like licking a Kong. Yeah. Uh, just entertaining yeah, yeah. themselves yeah, yeah. and not expecting you to entertain them. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great, again, place for, I love my phone timers, for a phone timer right. of, you know, we we sit down, I put my mat out, I give my puppy its Kong, I set my phone timer for five minutes. And if in five minutes my puppy is still just as kind of jazzed up and enthusiastic and distracted as when we got there, then it's probably time to go home mm-hmm. and I will go do my work at home drink my coffee at home right and work on settling there yeah. where they can kind of work it out a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. And i think that's also like maybe a yeah so leaving and then going home and mm-hmm. then working on the behavior that they were struggling with yeah um and it's, it's not a punishment it's just no, a matter no. of hey this was um almost my my test my own mm-hmm. personal test of mm-hmm. hey let's evaluate how my puppy was doing oh yeah. my puppy's not quite ready for that yeah. okay that's okay. fine. Yeah. We'll go, go do it some more at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've literally, um, Pickles, uh, going to school, I had, uh, I walked, so I, I lived walking distance from campus. I walked Pickles all the way. I was going to get there early because I had to, like, print off something or something. I don't remember. Um, but I got there a bit early, and I sat down on the ground and out of my class. It was still, it was still going on with the class before us. And Pickles was just being a little turd. <laughs> he was not wanting to, like, he was, like, you know, he was like relatively like, like pretty far along in his stuff, but he uh-huh. was just having a day and he literally <laughs> would like not like settle next to me. Like he was just being so like, wh- like not a whiny dog was just like, yeah. I don't know. He was just having a day. And so I literally just like jogged home, wow. put him in the crate and jogged back and went to my class. Cause wow. I was like, yep. I was like, this is just not going to be it. Like, yep. this is not like, mm-hmm. this was like, I was like, apparently this is a day. Yeah. My dog was not ready for public access. Yeah. He was having a moment. <laughs> and, um, I don't know, he's probably like eight months old. Yeah. Um But so, he's I mean, that's an adolescent. Yeah, he's a teenager. And I was like I was like, okay, well, that was a flunk. And he had like went to classes like eight hours straight the day before and stuff wow. like that. So it was yeah. kind of like it it just kind of Yeah. I pushed him yeah. too far, you know, over eager, yeah. you know, egotistical <laughs> dog trainer here. Um <laughs> but um but then yeah. I was like I just had to like I was like, Okay, you're just that wasn't it. Like it was mm-hmm. like five minutes and like I can't take you into class, yep. you know, or whatever. We're not going to do um, this. But also, it was like, it just as his behaviorally was just like, yeah. he wasn't liking it. Mm-hmm. Like, we were like, this was just not the, yeah, this was just not the move. And we were just, yeah. he went home and I put him in the crate and I went back to the yeah. class, you know. And like, technically, you're a good trainer. You could have taken him into class anyways and probably squashed him and been like, you're going to lay down mm-hmm. and you're going to settle yeah. and you're going to be quiet about it and kind of made him do it in the sense that whether that was lots of treats or whatever. Yeah. Um, or being firm with him, whatever the tactic, you could have done that as a good trainer, but that would not have been good for him, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, no. the best thing is to actually take him home, yeah, and say, home. yeah, you're having a day, that's fine, right. right? You're like you're allowed to be a puppy, but you know we just can't be in public like this, and I want you to have a good, a good. experience in public. Yeah, I remember thinking I was like, oh, this is like a failure, 
mm-hmm. um, back then. Yeah. Like I was seeing his friend. Like now that I look back, I'm like, you're absolutely insane. You, <laughs> Not a failure. <laughs> you young trainer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but I was like, I yeah. thought it was like a big deal. But I'm like, looking back, now, I was like, that was literally like totally fine. Like yeah. he was so young and I had such high expectations of him. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it's like monitoring your expectations of your dog too. Yeah. Um, and like, always having that escape plan. Yeah. You know, whereas yes. you're like, okay, I just am, guess I'm going to jog home and jog back. Like yep. that's inconvenient. You probably got to class sweaty and yes. gross. <laughs> yes. And... I was breathing a little. I'm, I'm not a cardio yeah. person. Um, but <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I gave, oh, I even like, I think I, a lot of times with pickles, I'd give myself time. I, I'm going to, I get places early. I can't help it. I don't know. I think it's PTSD. My parents were always late to everything and I think I have PTSD from it. Um, <laughs> and so I get there early everywhere, which I think was beneficial. Like, so I had that opportunity to like yeah. be able to like modify mo- mm-hmm. what's going on for the dog in a yeah. way, you know. Yeah. And that's such an important part of, you know, once you get into public access and you're starting to bring them places that are a little bit more serious, like class. You mm-hmm. know, it's not going to the grocery store specifically to train the dog anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm integrating you into my life. It is important to have that backup plan, to yeah. have um, either enough time built in where you can leave, mm-hmm. um, to choose to take them to places where you're okay leaving. If, yeah. You know, you have to leave in the middle, as well as, you know, if you have somebody that can help you out, yeah. a roommate, a you friend. Did, you did that with Scout, other. with yeah. Hannah. So we, we, we played Scout a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. then um hannah is a high schooler libby went yeah. with hannah and scout to high school and was just planning on doing half day and then you yeah. you were you were going to take scout home but yeah. you know it worked out well because scout is a fully trained public access you know this yeah. was a handover process but having yeah. a backup plan mm-hmm. was just to make sure scout and hannah had a good high school first yeah. you know first day together exactly you know, um yeah, so you were the backup plan. Yeah, she couldn't drive, and so there was no way to get rid of the dog. Yes, yes. <laughs> if it didn't go well, yeah, yeah. You know, so that second half of the day, I was like, okay, I'm three minutes away from your school, so let me know if anything comes up. Yeah. Um, and it's so important just to have that backup plan when they're in training. You know, when yeah. it's like, hey, we we don't know. You know, every day is different with them, right? They're learning. They're mm-hmm. not fully trained. And yeah. They have, um. We're asking a lot of these dogs in general. Yeah. Um, and so especially like that eight-month period when they're in the adolescence and you're mm-hmm. still teaching them what to do, you just needed, yeah, a backup plan and escape yeah. route. Especially like their first time doing something that big. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Scout has never done an eight, you know, how, I mean, how, how long is school these days? I don't, I don't know, know, eight plus hours? I don't uh, know, seven like, hours? Yeah, eight to three. So I don't think, I mean, I've never put Scout through no eight hours of settling no that's a lot straight you know i've never i'm like i don't know you know i mean we've trained her very well and she said i I think i've maxed out like four hours with her but like nothing to that extent i mean granted she passed with flying colors because you know but you can't replicate everything perfectly nope you know Mm -hmm. you we don't have the opportunity to replicate a huge public high school Mm -mm. so as trainers like we trained scouts to the best of our ability but we can't go anywhere and just like pop into high school. Yeah. Um, so there comes a point with all of service dog training where you have to just kind of trust the training that has happened so far. Mm-hmm. And you trust that you have set the dog up to succeed, but you also have backup plans. Yes. Backup <laughs> in case plans. it doesn't work. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so we've been basically, we, these are just questions we pulled from the MD Dogs facebook page mm-hmm. um one of the things that people ask a lot and I'm, I'm kind of really like going sideways with this okay. um but can people pet service dogs or yours like <laughs> do you, your rules that you live by yeah um do you let people pet your service dog so <laughs> uh, yes that is a big one and um i do not when they're in vest um mm-hmm. so this is for a variety of things and i do think it it depends slightly on the dog there yes. i will not say that it is black and white hard and fast rules yeah um as far as my dogs and my rules if they're in a vest nobody gets to pet because mm-hmm. spaniels do love people <laughs> and if they learn that they get to say hi to people yeah pretty soon as they're passing you know strangers even in the back of their mind they're just thinking hey you think they want to pet me right or do you <laughs> think i can do like a little drive by sort of greeting mm-hmm. um and it's not that we can't train it out of them it's just that i would prefer for that not even to be on their radar yeah because i want their whole world to be their person yeah exactly um 
And so I do not, if they are in public with a vest on. Yeah. Um, the other side of that is so many other people don't want people to pet their service dogs when they are finished with training mm-hmm. and legitimately working for their handler. Lots of handlers just want to go buy milk and yeah. they really don't want somebody to ask to pet their dog. Yeah. Like, no, I have diabetes. I want my dog to be focused on me and I just want to get my day done. Mm-hmm. So no, you can't pet my dog. I really yep. don't even want to have this conversation. Yep. Um, and so part of it too for me is I don't want to kind of create that public perception of a dog in a vest can be pet. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that you can't. It's just that's kind of my view of it. Of there's not yeah. really a lot of benefits. Yeah. To me, it's just yeah, I just have places to go. Yeah. You know, I have I have things to do. <laughs> I have things to do. And um, as trainers, we're like actively training when we're out. Yeah. The vast majority of the time, like mm-hmm. until the last month with the dogs. We are actively working on something. Yes. We're yeah. typically taking them out because we know that they need to work on X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And this is our literal job yep. is to teach them to do something. Yeah. Um, or not do something. Yes. It's usually how it is. Usually um, not. Usually it's <laughs> not being doing honest. something. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's like we have things to do. The future handlers are going to have things to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't benefit the dog. It has much bigger risk of harming the dog. Yeah. And it's training. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I mean, it can bring joy to someone's life, but no, they can find it. They can find a. They can find a pet dog. Yeah, they can find a pet dog. It's therapy not really dog. Our job. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's my. Um, that's my thing too. I've had friends or classmates where uh, I've had to do a lot of group projects due to my uh, major, and so I would frequently like we'd have to meet up at maybe someone's house or something like yeah. that, and. Um, I'd, it was one, one uh, girl's house, there was like, I don't know, six or seven of us. Pickles had a long day, and they were always asking, can I pet Pickles, can I pet Pickles? I'm like, no, you cannot pet Pickles. I know he's a beautiful, adorable, little, tiny, mini golden retriever, um, but I did let him off. I, let, I took him, it was like his long day. I was like, I was like, okay, you guys can pet him now. I'm going to take off his vest. This is I was your like, opportunity. You, is this your opportunity? We were sitting in our backyard. It was a nice day. Like we were doing a project and um, Pickles is very professional. Like, he'd always lay heel next to me, uh, do all the stuff. And um, I took off his vest and he immediately started doing zoomies around everybody, <laughs> like, w- like cuddled in all their laps and everything. Um, and they were like surprised because he was yeah. like, his vest is such an important, like you ignore people, you were mm-hmm. on your job, you do all this, the vest is off. And then you're like, you can be a little goofier. I don't. The issue with that is he got his vest off. I don't expect him to alert to low yeah. blood sugar during that time. So that's the risk that you are taking with it. Um, but I had that's my rules is where if his vest is off, yeah, you can pet him. Yeah. Um, I typically keep petting even to my pet dogs is if someone asks to pet, not my Australian Shepherd, but if <laughs> all, the <other> dogs. <laughs> all the other dogs that I've ever had um, or uh, that I'm like maybe training for a client that's just a pet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only pet my dog if you're going to be in their life for more than an hour. <laughs> yeah. If you're only going to be there for 30 seconds to pet them, you cannot pet them. Yeah. That's, and I'm kind of, I'm probably pretty harsh about it. Um, but to me, at the end of the day, I'm training the dog typically, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like it's, I, my relationship with the dog is more important than the relationship with strangers. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're going to be around my dog for an hour, sure. Yeah, you can pet him all you want. I don't really, you know, yeah. that's fine because it's going to be a long duration because then also the dog can have that fun excitement of petting, but then they also have the opportunity to yeah. relax around them. That's so they realize that it's too, you get the training experience of, oh yeah, they got pet, but then my dog can now settle next to me or something yeah. like that along those lines. Um, that's kind of where I'm at, where like Pickles yeah. got to play with everybody and then I put a leash on him and then he hung out by me and chewed on a stick. Um, while we did the rest of the project so I'm like I was okay with him having that experience because we were going to be together for a few hours Um, but then he got to settle afterwards like it was a nice little like balance of it's a balance you know because otherwise it's so easy to get a dog that actually ends up almost displaying as reactive because they expect every person that Mm -hmm. comes by is going to amp them up and pet them yep and then they're like well why isn't why aren't they petting me right because that Mm -hmm. that settling part is so important yeah like I hadn't i almost i don't think i've ever even thought about it like that of if you're gonna be around almost long enough for my dog to settle after they say hi then you're allowed to say hi Mm -hmm. but if it's just a stranger who's passing 
you know, after 30 seconds of petting my dog and telling me about their dead dog, then <laughs> yeah. we're not going to do it. Yeah. Because then my dog is just amped up to greet you. And then it's gone. And then, and then it's gone. Yeah. It, it's just not good yeah. for them. I've let people, like, in my family, um, like, if I'm going to dinner and I have a service dog mm-hmm. and they want to pat the dog on the head and mm-hmm. then we go have dinner, like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um. Or like it's someone, a family member that doesn't live with me and they see it every once in a while yeah. or whatever. Usually they're so done with dogs because <laughs> they don't even want to pet the dog because they're like, oh, another dog? Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. It's a different color this time. It's a different color. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my rule because I want to, yeah. because everything is a training experience, mm-hmm. especially I'm a dog, you know, we're dog trainers, obviously. Yeah. So everything's a training thing. Um, it's yeah. just to set them up for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to get that frustration-based reactivity to yeah. come out. Um, or the lack of attention on your handler. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, if the person is going to be in their life for more than an hour, then they're allowed to say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in addition to that, I really think like, honestly, for clarity for the dog and for the handler and for the public, mm-hmm. the vest and no vest is just a perfect role. Yeah. yeah just, yeah. it is so clear for everybody. Mm-hmm. The dog cannot be pet yep. when the vest is on. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just That's, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. yes, call me mean, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, when I took dogs to college, it was like that and people wanted to say hi constantly. I slapped a guy's hand one time <laughs> I'm, and I feel bad about it. It was a reflex. I was sitting there and so at, at University of Kentucky, they have a lot of service dog programs yep. and uh, like they, puppy raisers, puppy ra- they're puppy raisers yep. um, for a service dog program yep. and <laughs> Like, they're basically, like, they just let everyone pet all the puppies, which is, you know. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. (laughs) Um, And so I think, like, this was me self-training. This was, I was using MD Dog Methods, but I I trained Pickles independently. I mean, Libby let me bodger her with questions. But um, (laughs) he, like, reached out. I'm sitting on the ground outside of one of my classes, like, finishing up homework or something that I had, like, delayed. And (laughs) Pickles is laying there very nicely next to me. And he just reaches down and starts petting him. I just like reached out and smacked his hand. I was like, you cannot pet him. And he looked at me like I shot him. And I'm like, I was like, I'm, I was like, he's a service dog in training. Like you can't, you can't pet him. And I think he like, yeah. I blew his mind because there's, you know, 50 oh, service dogs on training on campus. Yeah. 49 of them are dogs that they can pet. And Pickles yeah. is the only one that like, I did. <laughs> Pickles is off limits. Pickles is off limits. He's not, he's not yeah. a, yeah. So that was. So I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, I didn't mean to, it was a reflex more than anything. Um, but I was like, he's a golden retriever. Like he likes people. Like it's not, I can't set a precedent of him saying hi to people. Like it's just not worth it to me. Um, he's, he's my dog. I'm training him for a little boy with type one diabetes. I can't have him focusing on anybody else, but the handler. Um, so it's just, it's just a safety thing at the end of the day too. Yeah. I mean, their number one goal, their job is to alert to low blood sugar. Right. Like and if somebody is petting them or they are thinking about getting pet by somebody, even they're not thinking about alerting to low blood sugar. No. So, yes, they can have fun and things, but day to day life, their job is to walk around, be professional and sniff mm-hmm. um, and, and not and think about only sniff diabetes and, only sniff <laughs> or, diabetes. and, yeah, and that's, that's a good. Point. <laughs> that is an incorrect statement. Also, at the same time, when I said that <laughs> they're not sniffing diabetes. <laughs> they, <laughs> diabetes alert dogs. Diabetes alert dogs. Um, no, no, they are they're sniffing lower high blood sugars. Yes. But yes. <laughs> just to put but, a, a stipulation on that. Exactly. Yeah, disclaimers um, here. A disclaimer. We do actually know what we're talking about. Right. Um uh, but it's just easier to say that to the public too. Yes. Yeah. They you know. Yeah. Um it's not their job to say hi to people. No. And no there really is no benefit to it. No, there's no benefit. It comes down to it. So yeah. there's way more risks. And every once in a while you might have a dog that can be pet by the general public all day long with no issues and still alert to low and high blood sugars beautifully Mm -hmm. but that's going to be one dog in a hundred yep and so if you're self-training or heck as me as a trainer it's not worth it no uh there's no reason to so i do it with my pet dogs too yeah like i yeah no it's not granted my pet dog spicy um (laughs) she's the adult like strangers um but but yeah i think i think it's just i don't know it's it's your dog you know it's no one else's dog they have their dog at home yeah um that's a very very long-winded way of saying no no vested should not pet your service yes, dog yes yeah. when they're vested and really not really when even when they're not vested yeah unless they're going to be around for a while yeah that's 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 my 100 percent rule it's yeah yeah okay. um i think Great. so hopefully people just scrubbed to that answer right we're, we're doing good on time <laughs> okay right good oh, oh yeah. no 
Oh, that's still so long. Well, that is still, yeah, it's still a little bit long. All right. Well, okay. We're we're gonna wrap it up. Wrap things up. Um, so wrapping up is starting pet friendly places until your dog can act professional in those pet friendly places. Um, and you can do that by having engagement and obedience Mm -hmm. with your dog, and you have to have that before you go you go into public. That sounds good. That sounds good. All right. See you next time. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) See you next time. I like that. All better.